0: This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All-Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Victor Jibuke with the Word of God. Well, good morning, and um, I trust you have been enjoying the the service this morning. Um, This morning, I want to thank God for the opportunity to just share a few words uh, with you as we continue <clears throat> uh, this, this month, as you know, the series that we have, our preaching series, is in the company of wisdom, in the company of wisdom, and this morning I just want to talk to you, share with you on the subject, how to be wiser, how to be wiser, and I'm going to take um, my thoughts from Proverbs chapter 9, just a few um, verses from Proverbs chapter 9. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to just come around your word and learn from you. We pray that you will bless us. Help us, Lord, to connect with what you're trying to say to us. Help me, Father, that I will be a fitting vessel, a fitting tool for your glory and your praise this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you've been looking at the news recently, one of the Uh, Words that um, are commonly associated with some of the decisions and actions of our politicians, our officials, government officials, in the last, over the time of the pandemic and the lockdown, certain unacceptable behavior and actions. There's a word that keeps coming up. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a word called stupid. (laughs) That word has, I've just seen it over and over again. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And of course, as we've watched uh, scenes and the the news unfold, um, we've seen the consequences that are associated with those behavior and actions. And those consequences have come long after the events to bite them. And of course, the opposite of being stupid or being unwise is to be wise. And so it's fitting for us to look at the subject of wisdom. How can we be wiser? in our decisions, in our actions, in our words, in our behavior, um, so that we don't suffer these consequences. What is wisdom? Wisdom, well, you know wisdom when you see it. When someone has been wise, you know. Uh, We've seen and we've heard about it all the last two two weeks, uh, that um, when there is a wise action, wise behavior, you would see and understand it. Um, But the good thing, and this is the good news from the Bible and from scientists and from psychologists, that wisdom is something that can increase in a person's life. You can be wiser. Amen. I can be wiser. Well, you don't believe that. But you and I can be wiser in our decisions, in our lives. And so this is not something that is reserved for a few people. And also wisdom shouldn't be confused with intelligence. Wisdom is not the same as intelligence, yet if you're intelligent, it can help you, but it's not the same thing as we have seen. It's not the same thing. Just because you're the brightest of the best doesn't mean that you would make stupid decisions. So how can we be wiser? As I said, Proverbs 9 has a number of things there, but as I read it, I saw three things that I'd like to just highlight uh, to, to us in this next few minutes about how we can be wiser, how I can be wiser in my life. The first thing is that a wise person is someone that wants to learn more and more, continues to grow, never stops learning, never stops growing, it's not stuck. Proverbs 9 says, instruct the wise, uh, um, 9 9.9 says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. In other words, the wise will get wiser because they keep adding to their learning. All right. Uh, Benjamin Barber who's a a very popular political scientist said he he says, I don't divide the world into success and failure. I don't divide the world into uh, the strong and the weak. I divide the world into non-learners and learners. What are you today? Are you a learner or a non-learner? When I look at babies as they grow up, and we've just dedicated some precious lives this morning, babies are learners, aren't they? They're always wanting to talk even before their time. They want to walk even before their time. And you see parents will smile and say, well, I don't know how he's walking or talking or, you know, it's not even the right age. They are so desirous to keep going, keep growing. They will walk when they can't walk. They might fall, but they will stand up again and continue. But it seems to me that at some point, um, this quest for learning and for growing and for doing and for taking on new challenges and, and getting and adding to what one knows stops somewhere, I don't know where, whether it's at teenagehood or at, at, at adulthood, and nobody wants to learn anything anymore. We feel that we are okay. We are comfortable with where we are. I talk to some sports coaches and they tell me that these days they can't tell tell the young athletes or the young footballers or whatever anything. You barely give them some information and they say, well, you destroy my confidence. You're undermining me. Yeah, I'm now discouraged. I'm now depressed, all right? And they phone home and say to their parents, look at what you might want to add this to what your son, and say, well, why are you telling us? He's already the best person, the best sports star. What are you telling us? Stop undermining him. So if we're not going to be able to learn more, how are we gonna be successful? Because success comes from learning. It's about growing. It's about stretching yourself, taking on challenges, not being content, yeah? We wise people are people who continue to grow, continue to get better, because they are learning and they are willing to. This is the humility of wisdom that you are willing to take on feedback, take on information. Um, you know, uh, uh, some people think that they can grow their homes by just the anointing. Yeah, I'm anointed, or I can preach, or I can teach, and so that's enough. But I tell you now, and I'll say it now you can't establish your marriage or your home based on the anointing alone. Okay, you don't believe me. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs says this Through wisdom, didn't say through anointing, through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Right? A lot of people in relationship have nothing to learn from each other. And so the relationship doesn't go any further. The husband cannot learn from the wife. And the wife cannot learn from the husband. Because everyone knows all they need to know. And they wonder why they can't get very far. The parents can't learn from the children, the children can't learn from the parents. That's not God's design. God's design is that we learn from each other. It's the same in ministry. If you're in a team, people are meant to learn from each other. Leaders, you can learn from the people that you're leading. Did you know that? The people that are being led, people in the team, you can learn from your leader. Let's not become people that are very um, wise, wise in our own ways, that we cannot take anything from anyone else. The Bible tells us, and Proverbs is full of this, where it says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 24, in the multitude of counselors, meaning where there are a number of advisors, there is wisdom. Where there are a number of people that are feeding into the decision, there is wisdom, okay? Now, of course, if you've got 26 foolish counselors, Right, it's, it's not any better than one single wise person, right? But the, the general idea, you get the picture. The wider the group that are bringing in, feeding in, the more opportunity for wisdom, not just one person. And too often, I think, we rob ourselves of the richness of what God wants to do in our lives, in the lives of others, because we own it all. We own all the thoughts, all the ideas, all the vision, all the strategies, and we're carrying on, and we don't care about what anyone else thinks. God is robbed of the ability to really do incredible things in your life and in the lives of your family if we are are not taking advantage of all around us. When you go into an interview, prepare for it. Yeah, read what you need to read. Don't go there and say, God will fill my lips, (laughs) and I will just know what to do. Yeah, prepare for it. It might need you to talk to others, experts in the field, and say, is there something that I'm missing? Is there something I need to know, right, before I go in? Because that's how you become wiser. And you go in there and people think, this is the kind of person I want. And people are now looking not just for technical knowledge, they're looking for attitudes, yeah, your approach to things, how you come across. They're looking at everything about you. And so sometimes it's useful for us to ask others, how do I come across sometimes? Do I come across pompous or snobbish? It's well worth asking trusted people, right? People that we trust, what we're doing. So God has called you. Don't go to the pastor and say, pastor please anoint me because I believe God has called me to be a pastor. And by the way, what date are you gonna ordain me? Don't do that because the pastor might come back to you and say, actually I don't feel that way but God bless you anyway. And it ends there. Is it worth us thinking very carefully, even if we've heard or we think we've heard from God, is it worth us talking to trusted people, older people, people who are spiritual, to say, do you feel this? Do you, do you see what God is calling me to? Is it worth us doing that? Because in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And it saves us from the embarrassment and the frustration of feeling we're getting nowhere. So those who are wise are people who are willing to learn. Expand your, um, your range, okay? Just read the Bible, but read around. Read newspapers, read books. Have a look at what's going on around you. Let's not be people who are so narrow that we don't understand what's going on in the world around us. How can we pray into the world around us if we don't know what's going on? And so there's a challenge for you and I to be prepared to learn what's going on. Best be like the children of Issachar. Yeah, Who could discern the terms and they knew what Israel ought to do. Why? How can we discern if we don't have a clue what's going on? All right, so there is an opportunity there for us to uh, learn. And as I said, the first thing about I, I see there about people who are wise is uh, uh, that they add to their learning. They never stop. They never stop. Second thing there is that People who are wise demonstrate a deep love and reverence for God and his word. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the starting point for wisdom and for becoming wiser is the fear of the Lord. It's as simple as that. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses tells the children of Israel, what does it actually mean to fear the Lord? What does that actually mean? And he tells them this. He says, these are the commands, the decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. What is the fear of the Lord? Well, Moses explains that it's to know and to obey the laws of God. Above all else, to understand what God's word is saying about your life and my life and to be obedient to it. Without that, there can be no wisdom, right? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So if you're gonna be wise, you have to accept that that is God. And God rewards those who seek after him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. And where does wisdom come from? It comes from God himself. And if we lack it, we ask him for wisdom. And so wisdom is reflected in my words, in my actions, in what I do. Where does those come from? What's influencing your words and your actions on a daily basis? Where do the values that you have, where are they coming from? Are they coming from social media? Are they coming from your friends? Right? You base your actions on what your friends think, whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter, because people around me are doing it. My neighbors are doing it, so I can do it. Well, that's, that's very, very risky. Our words and actions must be based on the Word of God if we are going to be wiser. And it's about not just... Words and actions, but it's also about when we speak and when we don't speak. In James, it tells us that everyone should be slow. Slow to? Slow to speak. Slow to speak. And sometimes we don't have to say anything. Amen? Sometimes you don't have to say a word. And what often brings hurt and pain to those who are around us are when we choose to speak, when we shouldn't speak. And it's very difficult discipline as a person, I'm speaking to myself, to shut up because you want to talk. There is so much going on in the mind. In fact, the the words are coming out slower than the brain can process them, and so they're fast, but slow to speak, because we understand the power of words, and the wise person understands the power of words and what words can do. Words can build, but words can also destroy. The words that I speak to my children, and my wife, and my family, and my friends, And those around me can either build them or destroy them. And because I understand that, I need to understand what I should say, when I should say it, and how I should say it. So important. He says the understanding, the pursuit of the knowledge of God brings understanding. And there are people who are crying out to know more about God. They're crying to God in this age and saying, Lord, show me your glory. Show us your power. Bring a revival in our lives, in the lives of our families, in our cities and our neighborhoods. And God has promised to reward that. God has promised to come because he says, if you seek me, I will be found of them. Oh, that God will cause us to be people who are not just pursuing after the things of life, but pursuing after God, chasing after his glory. Come on, people. Can we just spend time this year chasing after God's glory, chasing after his power, knowing that when we seek him, he will come again like the latter rain. He will come again like we've never seen it before and do mighty things amongst us. There is wisdom in that. And when we stay tuned to God, you know, one of the things about Jesus is in all his busyness, in all the things that he was doing, he still found time to spend with God, alone with God. Isn't that incredible? Some of, I'm so busy sometimes, and that's a confession, I can't find the time to spend the kind of time I want to spend with God because of the business of life. After he fed the 5,000, the Bible tells us that Jesus withdrew alone and went to pray. Very often we see Jesus withdrawing to the mountainside on his own. Not with disciples, not with anyone else, just to pray. When he heard the news of John the Baptist, of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew and went off to pray. Is that a pattern? Is that an example for us that if we want to be effective in life, if we want to do the things that God has promised for us, if we want to achieve God's will and desire, if we want to progress all of the things that are in our hearts and our ambitions, we can do far more through prayer, through seeking God, through spending time with him, because he can come and do the things that we cannot do. God can do the impossible in our lives. And then finally there, the other thing I see there is that the wise person values feedback. The wise person values feedback. Proverbs 9, eight says, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Wow. Wow. The wise love rebuke. So I call that just the whole, I framed that all in terms of feedback. The wise love feedback. And feedback could either be helpful or unhelpful. i tell you an example of unhelpful feedback that I had this week. Right? So I was in my room, minding my own business. Thank you, Pastor. Right? I was actually minding my own business. And I was... I had the music on, all right? And the next minute I had a message come in. Okay, the message wasn't from a neighbor or anything, it came from Siri, from my phone. And the message said, turn the volume down. <laughs> right? Because based on your headphone usage over the last seven days, so it's been monitoring me, right? It's been, trying, it's been checking me up. You have exceeded your recommended limit for audio exposure. How dare you? Number one, no, 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 seriously, number one, I wasn't even using headphones, and I had not used a headphone throughout, and now I'm not even using a headphone. So where does that come from? Very unhelpful feedback, all right? The facts are just wrong to start off with. But wise people value feedback. Wise people recognize that in feedback, they can increase their learning they can see the mistakes and they can get better, all right? And that's really why he says the, lo- the wise love a rebuke. That's from Proverbs, right? You know, people talk a lot about um, constructive criticism and I always think, well, or constructive feedback, whatever. And I always think, well, why would someone give you feedback if it's not gonna be constructive? I don't understand that. But I guess there are times when feedback is not helpful. That's what I mean, it's just not helpful. So let me give us a little bit of because we know we need feedback, we do, we do. So let me give us some ideas about how perhaps we can make sure that our feedback is constructive and helpful. First of all, let's base the feedback on facts, on accurate facts. It does help. Secondly, the choice of language when we are giving feedback. You're giving feedback to someone, your child or your parent or whoever else or your worker. You know, choose your words carefully because the feedback could be the difference between proper feedback or someone feeling you're attacking them. You're not meaning to attack, but your choice of words means it feels like an attack. So choose carefully. Secondly, it's useful to start with praise. It can't be the case that everything was bad. It Just cannot be the case. There must be something, even in the fact that they turned up. That's good, why don't you comment on that? Say so it was good that you were actually here. Okay, before you go on to explain whatever it is that you want to go on to talk about, focus on specifics, don't be general. General feedback never helps anybody. I've never known anyone that said that general feedback was helpful for me. Right, it wasn't. People, need to know what exactly the issue was and how to resolve it. Invite the person to be part of the discussion. There is a kind of feedback which is me talking to you and telling you what you have done wrong and what you need to do right. But sometimes it's useful to invite the person to that discussion. How can we get this better? How can we do it better? How can we, right? How can we get a better outcome from this? What does that do? That invites the person to be positive about what we are talking about here rather than being negative because it's not about you telling me off. It's about us trying to understand what needs to be better around here. And then be honest. Be honest when you're giving feedback. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people are not honest with people that they're giving feedback to. That's why they will eventually turn up in front of someone like Simon Cowell, and he will now be forced to give the right feedback, honest feedback, and say, you can't actually sing. You will not make it in the industry. And the person, because that's the very first time they've heard that, are shell-shocked, depressed. And sometimes you might even get the parents and family members turn up, and they want to have words. Because in their view, everyone around them has said, this person is a superstar. We need to give people honest feedback. Let's not lead them down the road thinking that they are something that they are not. It's okay, you're doing them a favor, all right? It's okay, you're not being, that's why when you're getting feedback, make sure you know who you're getting feedback from. If you want to launch that wonderful project, it's probably useful to talk to somebody other than your best friend because your best friend is likely to tell you that what you want to hear. Oh yeah, go ahead, It's be fantastic. <laughs> right? Okay, but you might want to expand the range of opinions on this, just so that you can understand, you can make sure that the input into that decision making is strong. But since there are benefits when we are wise, in our decision making. Proverbs says this, in Proverbs 9, 11, for through wisdom, your days will be many and your years will be added, and years will be added to your life. Who doesn't want to live long and fulfilled life? Anyone? No? So if we want to live long and fulfilled lives, right? Proverbs tells us that it's through wisdom. Through wisdom. And we've talked a little bit about what, what wisdom might be might look like in our lives. And examples of people who've had their lives cut short because of bad decisions are rampant in the Bible, and of course in our world today. Samson was an example of someone who a mighty man of God, that God had placed so much power and anointing, could achieve anything he wanted to, but because of bad decisions and unwise choices, his life was cut short so badly. And then he says there, benefits of wisdom, Good decision making. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. I love that. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Bad decisions and bad choices are wrecking marriages. They are wrecking our homes. They are preventing children from having the life chances that God has ordained from them. It's destroying our careers. It's affecting us. It's preventing us from achieving what God has desired for our lives. Because we're making the wrong decisions. We're making choices that are not in line with God's will. And my encouragement to you and I today is that let's choose to be wiser. Let's choose to be wise in God. Let's choose to base our lives on God's wisdom, not man's, not fleshly wisdom, but on wisdom that comes from heaven, because that wisdom will cause us to achieve the potential of God in our lives. Good decisions will build our homes. It will build our marriages. It will establish our children. The rewards of our decisions when they are good affects not just this generation, but the generations after all. They will inherit and they will, uh, they will enjoy and experience the blessings of decisions that are made by their fathers and their grandfathers, their mothers and their grandmothers because they were wise. They were wise. The church and the communities around us, our neighborhoods, our country, the places where we are involved, our, our workplaces, our, our um, businesses will enjoy the benefits of good decision making when, when we are wise. And so our prayer is, Lord, cause us, cause us to be wise in our generation. Cause our children to be wise. Cause them to be like the children of Issachar who could discern the times and know what we ought to do. Cause us, Lord, to make good decisions that will affect our homes, that will cause our marriages to flourish, that will cause our finances to be in a better shape than they, are, they were. They will cause us, these decisions that we make now will cause our ministries to explode. They will cause the things that we do, for our service for God will be multiplied a, a thousandfold because they're based on wisdom. Cause us, Lord, to know wisdom in our lives, to be wiser so that we can fulfill our potential and so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Victor Jibuke of the Apostolic Church All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Thiers Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE 11 5LZ. Call us on 20 7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nations Center, reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.